Everybody, welcome in to our new episode, our newest episode of 302 Sports Talk. I'm your co-host Ty, and I've got Ben here with me. How's it going, Puppy Ben? Puppy monkey baby. Monkey baby. <laughs> Super Bowl's coming up. Time to see all those weird commercials. Yeah, I'm ready for it. That's my favorite part of the Super Bowl, actually, is all the commercials. <laughs> Although, I haven't seen much details about it, but I guess there's some big name companies that are not going to um, have Super Bowl commercials this year. So I don't know if that means it'll be a little bit more tame of a year or not. That'll be interesting. I know that there's like a big thing that oh, I think it was Lay's and and um, Cheetos and Doritos. Like they all kind of like they put like, well, they're all they're all they're all owned by the same entity anyway but like like they get like they all like like they release the, these really long like super bowl commercial clips with like troy troy eight with with troy aikman and joe, joe montana jerry rice a lot of like this a lot of the legendary guys and i haven't had a chance to, um, to watch it yet but i've heard it's heard it's a uh, I mean, it's it's pretty funny huh I haven't heard about that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Well, well, Ben, we got our show, showdown between the Bucks and the Chiefs. Um, who do you um, who who are you um, who are you rooting for? Is that do you have a an interest a rooting interest in this game at all? Um. Yes and no. Well, I'm kind of cheering for both sides for different reasons. Um. Bruce Arians, the Tampa Bay coach, he was the former coach of the Arizona Cardinals um, and left the Cardinals to retire, which I, there's a lot of speculation on whether he truly intended to stay retired. And I think he did at the time. I think it was for a lot of health reasons and stuff. And I think he just had an itch to get back in the game, but he's a really fun dude. Um, he was, I always, um, listen to his interviews and press conferences because they were they're always just really interesting and I he's been an assistant coach for a long 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 time and only I think it was 2013 that he became a head coach and I think he's been kind of underrated and underappreciated throughout his whole career so um, I would love for him to have a Super Bowl win as a head coach I think that would be amazing um, and I know how much that would mean to him. Uh, I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, so that kind of like, I don't know, I'll almost nullifies my cheering for Tampa Bay. But I'm living in Kansas. Everyone's a Kansas Chiefs fan, Kansas City Chiefs, and everyone is crazy about Mahomes. So I actually really liked um, I've liked him for a long time, not just not just since he became really, really good. But he's a cool guy, and I'm cheering for him. And Andy Reid, obviously, is is a pretty cool dude. Um, so I I guess I'm I would be happy for different reasons depending on who won. But I'm I'm mainly cheering for the Chiefs. I I'm cheering for for the for the Bucks. I. I disagree with you. Like I love Tom. 
like he's he's probably like my he's he's been, he's always been been one of my one of my uh guys that I've looked up to the most in in the in, in the NFL. I, I don't know why. It's not that like that he just wins or whatever, but I always thought he was a pretty stand stand up guy. And so Blake. <laughs> Other than that. But uh <laughs> the, um, but like I don't I don't know. I've always looked up to him. I always thought that he was really cool. So, but I also really like I I like uh, Patrick Patrick uh, um, Mahomes. I always thought that he is a is, is a cool guy and that he is he's he's really just he's he's taken um, he's taken that and that organization and that and the and the and that and that city I'm just to new heights than than they've never been to before. Cause like grow, growing up, I always remembered this, just the Chiefs being really bad. That they always sucked. But yeah. Now like they're really good, and I and of course I love Andy Reid. He's our guy. So. <laughs> right. I mean, like I don't think I'll be sad either way, but I think I gotta go go with the Bucks. But. I think, I think whether you like Tom Brady or not. I think you still have to recognize how good he's been. Yeah. And I mean, I think this Bucks team is, has a lot of really good players and I think they're well coached. So that obviously helps, but I think a lot of their success has been because of Tom Brady as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot of their personnel very well, but I feel like they had, um, almost the exact same team last year with Jameis Winston. They weren't very good. And then you plug in Tom Brady and in his first season with the new offense and everything, um, he's just taken them to incredible levels. So, I mean, he's, he definitely deserves some respect. Um, you know, whether or not you like him or whether you're not, you believe in the whole deflate gate and other things that happened, but I mean, he's good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I don't know if you saw 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 this, but I but I sent sent you this meme, um, but uh, it was oh, yeah. yeah of, of Andy Reid and Bruce Arians standing next next to each other, and it said, um, that the Bruce Arians is basically evil Andy Reid." <laughs> I was like, "It's that, true." <laughs> that is so true. We'll have to post that on our. <laughs> on our podcast page because yeah i had never thought about that before but i mean <laughs> these are like the exact same people yeah <laughs> i loved That's it like it's like it's two like really similar uh like it, and i feel like like they coach in really similar ways too like they're both like, yeah like they're both offensive mind they're offensive mind minded guys and so I, I I I thought that was, that was really interesting. So we're gonna um, start off with some Super Bowl some Super Bowl uh, some predictions. Um, we'll start with our offensive MVP. Who who do you think is gonna be the offensive MVP? Um, I mean this kind of leads into my prediction for the score, but. Um, I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to play a big part in this game. And I think the different 
uh, skills that he brings and the different, um, just like those, those odd kind of circus throws that he makes and stuff like that, the, um, how he can play with his feet and, and scramble against yards. I think that's going to make a big difference. And so um, I think that's going to help the Chiefs a lot. And so I think he'll be the offensive MVP. I could see that. I honestly think it'll probably be Patrick, Patrick, be Patrick Mahomes. I think um, as much as I want the Bucks to win, I just think that the Chiefs have way too much offense for the Bucks or really anybody to stop. And so I think that 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 Patrick is going to play a, a a huge part part in that and. Um, that it, it should be a really interesting one to watch. As far as the de- defense, oh, sorry, what, what were you going to say? I was going to say, if the Bucks win, and obviously it depends on, um, you know, some crazy stuff could happen, but if the Bucks win, do you think the MVP could be anybody but Brady? No, I don't think, I think so. I think that... I mean, maybe if Leonard... Yeah, maybe if Leonard Fournette has like 250 yards or yeah. something, but yeah, that's true. Um, I think uh, I think even if like say like if 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 Antonio if Antonio Brown or Gronk has like three like two two or three touchdowns uh, touchdowns in this game, I still think it would it would probably go to go to Tom. I think like like um. Uh, like you said, it would probably take one of the running backs, like just having a absolutely like insane game for them to take take it from either Patrick or Tom. So, yeah, because like your point with Gronk or Antonio Brown, their success is dependent on Tom Brady. So, ultimately, their kind of their play is a product of Tom Brady's play, and so I, yeah, I feel like. It, this this idea comes from one of the shows I listened to, um, but they are kind of saying, you know, if the Bucks win, it's pretty much going to be Brady that's MVP unless something just weird happens. Yeah. As, uh, well, as far as on as far as the Chiefs, I think that 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 um, what's his last name? And they're tight tight end, Travis Travis Kelsey. I think that he could also take the MVP too. Like, I think even if, like, I, I think it'll, it'll more light, likely be be Patrick. But if, um, but if he has like say like two or three, um, two or three touchdowns, um, two or three touch, touchdowns in this game, I think he could easily win it too. Or Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's had an incredible year, historic year for a tight end. So yeah, um, it would just be fitting for him to get kind of get the offensive MVP. Yeah. And as far as the uh, the defensive MVP, um, who do you who do you think would get it? Um, I'm sharing some love for a former Cardinal player that. Um, when he left, I was happy they got rid of him, but he's been playing really, really well with with Kansas City. Um, and that's the Honey Badger, 
Tyron Matthew. He he seems to just really have a knack for making big plays and big moments. Um, I would not be surprised if he picks off Tom Brady. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, but I, I think that honey badger mentality that he has, he's just going to probably have a sack or two. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like an interception or at least a couple like batted passes, uh, deflected passes. So going with, with the honey badger. I could see, see that. I've, I've got to go with my, with, with my guy, with my, with my, with my, with my guy, Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan. Um, he was one of my favorite players at the Y when he was there. He was he was so much fun fun to watch. Um, I think I missed the better part of his career because I was on my mission. I think we, we were both on our missions during like the the best parts of his career, but he was super fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. um, before and I, I remember I'll, I, I remember like one of my favorite plays from him was when BYU was playing was playing um, in Daryl K. Royal Royal State Stadium against against the Texas Longhorns. And I can't remember who their quarterback was then, but he kind of lofted up like this pass. And Dirty Dan, he tipped it and laid out. He like, he dove for it. He tipped it and then kind of like, and then jumped and he dove do for it and picked off the pass. It was one of the most like amazing plays that I that I had seen up to that point. And I was a fan from that point point on. And so, and Dirty Dan's been really big with the Chiefs. He's he a good player. Had kind of a dirty hit against the, the the Browns. That late hit or that not late hit, but that hit where he uh, was kind of a helmet to helmet hit, um, and it yeah. hit the ball out, and it was like right at the goal goal line. Which that rule sucks, and they need to change change that. But <laughs> yeah. but anyway, I I love I love dirty. I I would love I would love nothing else to than 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 to see Dirty Dan get the defensive MVP. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. So with that, it sounds like we're both leaning the Chiefs. But what's your what, what's your score prediction? Um, I think it's going to be fairly close. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I'm not sure that it'll come right down to kind of the last minute final play type of thing. So I don't know. I'm going to say like 28-20 Kansas City Chiefs. I could see see that. I I I I think it'll be close to. I almost want to say it'll be within a field goal. I think it'll be 28, 28 to 24 um, Chiefs, which is still a little bit more than a field goal, but it'll be right yeah. in that range, though, I think. so. Yeah. The difference where going for a field goal on a previous possession yeah. versus going for the touchdown makes makes a difference. Yeah. Um, we brought, brought up one of our – favorite ads from when we were <laughs> from when we were roommates it was the Mountain Dew kickstart um, commercial with the puppy monkey bait, bait 
BB. That one is one of our, I don't know, at least for, for me, it's one of my all time. It was just so weird. It was super funny. But um, yeah. like, like do, do you have like an all time um, super, super Bowl ad like that you just remember that like sticks out in your mind? Um, it's, I'm sure it's not my favorite one. Um, if I have time, I'll have to go back through and kind of look at past Super Bowl ads. But the one that I distinctly remember, I think it was quite a while ago, probably over 10 years ago, uh, maybe even closer to 15 years ago. But do you remember the Snickers commercial where, um, I think I want to say it's these two guys are working on a car in a garage or something and they both lean forward and they end up kissing. Oh, yeah. Oh, we kiss. Do something manly. So one guy takes his shirt off and then like rips a chunk of chest hair out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a Snickers commercial. And for some reason, I've that one has made a lasting impression on me. I remember that, that one too. The Snickers commercials have gotten really good. I looked up the one with Betty White when it's like, like when you're <laughs> you're not yourself when you're hungry, and it's Betty <laughs> White playing playing flat flag foot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was a good a good one too. I don't know. I, I I always look. I like I look forward forward to watching all all, all the ads every year. That's a, that's one of my that's like one of the things that I that I love I love watching the most. Just like just the really the creative ads. Um, so we have some other NFL news we didn't get to last week um, since uh, we, didn't, we, we didn't have a show since I think you were out of town and I had school stuff to do, which I bet you never thought that you'd hear me say. <laughs> <laughs> We've all grown up, Ty, and that concludes you. Yep. <laughs> but uh um so the big news of the week this last week was jared goff was traded to the to the to the detroit lions for matthew stat stat of matthew the longtime detroit detroit lions detroit lions uh legend i i guess you could say um I just I, I thought that was a really interesting trade. I didn't I didn't expect this to to happen. I didn't expect the on, on the Rams to make this on this big big of a deal. What did you think, Ben? Well, I hope Jared Goff is um, okay with eating kneecaps because apparently <laughs> that's according to their head coach that's what they're gonna do all all year long. But um. You know, I kind of feel like the Rams went from a mediocre quarterback to another mediocre quarterback. Yeah. However, if I were to say, if I were to choose one that I think has a higher ceiling, I think it would be Stafford. And part of that might be just because he's been in the in the league longer. He has more experience. He's coming in as a veteran quarterback where I think Jared Goff, he's been around a few years, but I don't know that he has quite that veteran status. Um, a good quarterback with veteran status. Yeah. I don't know. I um, I was expecting Stafford to go somewhere like the Atlanta Falcons or 
the Saints, a team yeah. that has a lot of pieces already in place and just is replacing the their quarterback. For the Colts. However, I think however, I think this could work for the Rams too. I think, you know, they made it to the playoffs this year. They have a lot of pieces in place with their defense, some good offensive players. So uh, maybe this takes the Rams to the next level. I like I I, I, do, I do think it's a good move for here and now for the Rams. I think that that Matthew Stafford that Matthew Stafford's a he's a decent quarterback. He's probably just like like a rung like a rung above Goff. Like Goff yeah. was kind of in that like middle like mediocre tier, and and he's just like kind of like right above that. And so, like, I don't know how much of a difference he makes, but I think he could make a a, 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 a big difference because he can actually make the on the throws that 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 McVeigh wants wants and needs him to make in their offense. But I just think that it's a risky move on their on 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 their their part because they're trading away all their dra- draft picks. I don't I, I don't think they're they're gonna have another draft pick or, or in, in in the first round for like six or like six or seven seven years I, I want to say and so like I just think that like it's great that they want to win now and they see that they have all this ta- talent on their team but I also think that you need to be to keep you know like in, in mind that it on, on that eventually like guys like like Aaron Don- Donald and um I'm trying to think of oh man who, oh, who's their defensive back that they tra- traded for, I forget his name. They have Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Um, um, he uh, like, like eventually, like those guys are gonna age, or 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 want want out, and like they're not gonna have anybody like to like, they're not gonna have very very many options like to replace those guys like other than in free agency. So I just think that it's risky, but I think it could pay pay, pay off in the short short term. But I just don't – I don't know. If I was a GM, if I was a GM of the Rams, I don't know if I would have made that trade. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Rams got the shorter end of the stick. But, yeah. I mean, ultimately, if they win a championship, I think everyone would say it was worth it, you know? So True. I guess we'll just have to see what happens this coming season and maybe the season after that and just see see how far the Rams can make it and – It'll be interesting to see Jared Goff in, in Detroit to see if he can, I don't know, hit the refresh button maybe a little bit and and take his game to a new level too. Well, they have the uh, I think the seventh pick in the draft, and they could get a really good uh, a really good receipt. They could easily build around Goff. I mean, I don't know, I don't know like what they're um, like if they're like if they have any cap room to sign any free any free any free free agents at all, but like I think that they could easily build around Goff and just see what see what they can extract out of them too. So it's, it'll be kind of interesting for the Lions, for the for the Detroit Lions and another quarterback that is looking like he's he's going to be on the move soon is is Deshaun is Deshaun Watt. Is 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 Deshaun. Um, and he uh, he's already said that he wants to he wants out of 
I was out of the Texans, the, te the Texans organization, the Texans. And so he, um, he, he's already named a few places where he'd want, want to go. Um, where do you think that he likely ends up then? Where did he, where did he say that he wants to go? I must've missed that one. I think the Jets, the, the, um, the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolph Dolphins, and there's one other one. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other one, but I know the Jets and the Dol Dolphins are, are, are in his top, top two. Hmm. And so, and I've heard, I, I heard some, some, uh, some, some things that the, on, and that the Denver Broncos are interested in him as well, are, are interested in, in giving the, the number nine pickup for, for him, hmm. among other things. What do you think of like where like where he ends up or like where would you like to see him? I have no idea. I I don't even have like any kind of gut feeling of where he might go. I mean, if he wants to go to the Jets, fine, but I think that organization is a lot of pieces away from being really good. And maybe they can get there once they have, you know, kind of a star quarterback to build around. You know, they they have an idea of where their future is going to go with at that position. But I don't think that would be a very good move. I think the Dolphins could be very interesting. They have several draft picks. I think they might have two in the first round this year. Um, and I'm assuming that would mean that they're getting rid of Tua. Um I think if Deshaun Watson was with the Dolphins, I think they could be really scary next year because I feel like they improved a lot this last season. And um, I know when they played the Cardinals, they seemed like a pretty good football team um, that was really coming together. So if they just add Deshaun Watson, I think that would really improve their team. And I think they would for sure be a playoff team next year. I, I think so. So, 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 so too. I, I think that if out of all the places that he named, the uh, the and the Miami Dolphins are the are the cl closest team to being a a play playoff and Super Bowl level team. If he was on there, if, if he was there, I mean, like I think they could use some more weapons on their offense. But I think just how I mean, but I mean, if you look at how he's done with with the with Houston Texans. He really, he really doesn't have very, very, very many weapons there anymore either because they traded him all the way. Yeah. So I think that he, I, th I think he could do do well because like, I mean, because he likes to to create his own his own plays like that. And so I don't know. I, I think that out of all those, I think that um, that he he fit best with um, with them. And that that kind of um, it goes into. Um, and I mean to where our where our or, or it could I mean it could affect where where our guy Zach Wilson ends up in the I mean the draft if I mean, if he goes to the to the Jets that could really uh, that could throw a wrench into a lot of teams' plans with with who they want as their want as their quarter quarterback. Um, where do you think that Zach ends up if I mean, if Deshaun goes to the Jets? I'm going to go somewhere like with the Jets? Um, 
again, I know I've said this before, but I think he would do really well in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the Falcons are interested in having Matt Ryan play as the starter this coming season, Zach Wilson can kind of take a, a kind of a red shirt year and just sit on the bench and watch and kind of get used to the NFL and practice and get used to the speed of the NFL and the, the, um, you know, the new offense that the Falcons will have. I think that could really benefit him. I think they have a lot of weapons there that, that, um, that, that Zach Wilson plus Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, that could be really scary. So I think that's where I still would like him to end up. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of other teams that I think could trade up for a quarterback or if Deshaun Watson does go to the Jets, maybe Zach Wilson falls a little bit and goes to kind of a, a mediocre team, you know, with a decent record. And um, I don't know. It'll be cool. I'll be excited for him either way, but I do hope he finds a good spot to go. I think so too. I think that, uh, that like, like, like you said, that, that Atlanta, that Atlanta is probably like the prime place for him, for him to go. I mean, like they probably won't be picking in the top five again for a long time. So this is their, their shot to get their next guy at, um, and get the guy to replace Ryan. And he, he's kind of getting to the end of his career. And, and that I, and like you said, like they already have a good, um, a good, base already set up around there with them with Jones and with Ridley and I think I might I, I, I can't remember if I mean, if Todd Todd if Todd uh, Todd Gurley will be there next next year I think he only signed a, a one-year deal I remember yeah I can't remember yeah so like but he could be be there so he, he already have a good a, a good offense to be to be in, I think that's probably the best way way to go, but I wouldn't hate to see him in, end up in a place like, uh, like Car- Carolina, or even in Indy, yeah. if Indy was able like to trade trade up and and get him, I think that that would be a really good spot for him. And, and of course, on the on the San on the San Francisco 49ers. But I know. Hello. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the NFC West. <laughs> what if it's to uh, to, what if, what if Arizona wants him? <laughs> if uh, I'm not 100% sold on Kyler Murray being the like franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, but if they move on from another. Um, I don't know, high drafted quarterback. I feel like there's there's some issues within the organization and yeah. some changes are going to have to be made. Yeah. But uh, like, I wouldn't mind. Like, he's obviously a good quarterback and obviously highly respected by scouts and things like that. So I don't know. I'm just not sure that he'll be ready year one to start in the NFL. I think he could really benefit from a from a 
kind of a red shirt year where he kind of sits back and and takes it easy the first year and then becomes a starter year two. Yeah. I that's why I think like a situation where he where he could end up like in or, or with with the Falcons or with the or with Carolina or with uh, uh or, or or with a team team like that where he could sit for for a year would be really good. I mean, like I mean, like most like most court 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 quarterbacks aren't ready to make that make that jump, and we see that with guys like Jared Goff and Mit and Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky, yeah, guys who are, are really really like high like highly regarded out of out of college, but once they get to the but once they get to the NFL, they this they never really seem to get the speed of the game or whatever their issues are. So, um. Moving on to the NBA, we're going to update both of our teams. Um, looks like I was very, very wrong about the Jazz. If you listen <laughs> to our our podcast every episode, I so I think I spent like two or three episodes like I I complained about the Jazz about how much I was like I'm tired of them being a, a, a this this me- mediocre team. And that they, you know, that they just settle for mediocrity. And that they are like, and they're just going to always be this mediocre team. And then as soon as I said 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 said, said that, they uh, they go on a on this string of wins. I think they won 17 of their last of their last 18 games. I want to say, which is just nuts. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been nuts. so like, I mean, they 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 haven't played exactly the best teams in the NBA along that streak. They played the Nuggets twice. They played a few other teams that like and then like uh, they played the, the the Mavs, but the Mavs aren't doing too too hot right right now. And the rest of the teams that they played have mostly been really mediocre teams. So I'm interested to see in this next in the next few games when when they play some of the higher level teams in the in the, in the NBA. How are your sons doing, Ben? You know, they're they're doing okay. They've had good moments and they've had some bad moments still. I had some injuries that have affected them. Um, up until I think well, I guess I guess Booker was out for a few games for about a week with a hamstring injury. Um, and during that stretch, Chris Paul just kind of, especially late in the fourth quarter, he just took over games. And I think for about a week, he was averaging like 25, 28 points. Um, DeAndre Ayton's played pretty well, but I feel like I don't have NBA League pass and I don't... Uh, they had a nationally televised game the other night that I didn't get to watch too much of, but I feel like they're still trying to figure out how to have Booker and Aiton and Chris Paul majorly involved. And I think there's a lot of criticism for Booker because he's kind of taken a backseat a little bit, which I know a lot of Suns fans are a little bit frustrated by, which it makes sense. I think Devin Booker should be the main scorer on this team. Chris Paul has a lot of ability to score, um, but I think Chris Paul's 
main ability that should be used is playmaking for Devin Booker. And I think Devin Booker's not used to scoring as much without the ball as he did in previous years. But I feel like from Booker's perspective, he's been waiting for this team to have talent around him. And now that there's talent around him, I think he's enjoying taking a step back and he's wanting his teammates to get better and improve without him having to do a whole lot of work. So I, I kind of, that's how I kind of interpret what's going on, but they've, they've also got some lineup stuff um, that they need to figure out. Um, so, and I think in the last week or so, I think they're like three and one or three and two. So, I mean, they're doing all right. They got blown away, blown out by the Pelicans a few nights ago. Um, I think that's just kind of a bad matchup for the Suns, but I'm still pretty confident in this team. I really like the team. I really like the core pieces they have. And um, I'm excited and hoping for when they do really figure it out and get, get really clicking and into the groove, I think this team will be really, really scary. I just hope they can get there, you know, at the right time. I think so too. I think I've been really impressed with what the Suns have been able to do. Um, I wasn't sure if Booker was going to be okay with taking a, a step back, but I've been surprised that he that that he has. And so I think that's 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 only a good sign for the Suns and that he's willing like, to work with Chris Paul and. Mm -hmm. um, and the other players that they have on their team. And I think that like, it's, that just means that they're moving in the right direction. So mm -hmm. um, let's see. So the Brooklyn Nets, which I thought were going to be a disaster from, from the start, looks like it's looking like it's not going to be like that. They're scoring at, I'm at they're scoring at will. It seems, it seems like, but when you have, three of the top top players in the NBA on your team. Um, that seems like it seems like that 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 can happen a little bit easier. What do you think of the Nets and their what they're doing right now? Well I don't know if this stat changed. I think this was earlier this week that I saw this stat that at their current pace they would have the um highest rated I don't I don't can't remember if it was efficiency or just general like points per game um, for where they were at they were going to be the number one offense ever in the NBA but then on the flip side with how many points they're allowing they were going to be the number one worst defense ever in the NBA so it's kind of a they've got probably the ability to have the best offense ever, but they're allowing so many points and their defense is so bad that, that obviously that's an issue. Um, it's been working better than I thought it was going to when the, when the James Harden trade was made, but I'm really curious to see how it'll be in the playoffs when it's a you know, five, seven game series against a good physical team. 
that might be able to slow down their defense or might be able to keep up with them enough that that uh, they kind of slow Brooklyn down. But I mean, for the sake of like Steve Nash, I'm really happy. Yeah, I think um, I think it's turned out a, little, a lot better than I thought it was going going to thus thus far. Like they like, I mean, I think we all knew that they would score a lot, but and not play 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 a lot of defense. But I but I didn't. But I don't, I don't think we thought that they could score to the level that they are scoring. It's just like they're scoring at such a high rate. It's hard for teams like to to keep up with them. But like you said, I I think that their lack their lack of their lack of deep defense is gonna is gonna start to to ca- catch up with them, especially in the in in the play 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 in the play play playoffs. I just don't know if they can. I mean, like I think the only guy that really any play plays any deep defense at all is Kevin Durant, and even then, that's not that much. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and office obviously the coaching staff that's in Brooklyn. I'm sure that they believe in defense, but obviously that's not their their priority or their their skill set as coaches to really be able to teach very well. Because Mike D'Antoni's teams have always had bad defenses, but had really good offenses. Steve Nash was never known for being a defensive player. Um, Amari Stoudemire was fairly good on defense, but I mean, not the like lockdown, uh, shutdown kind of guy. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the record is at the end of the year. Um, I know they've been resting Kevin Durant quite a bit, you know, coming off this last year's season where he was hurt and recovering from injury. So I don't know. I think there could be some really fun playoff series, though, out in the East yeah. involving Brooklyn. Yeah, for, for sure. I'm excited for the Sixers and the Nets to meet up in the play, playoffs. Eventually, that that could be a really, really fun, fun, fun series. Or like, or the or like you were saying, like a really physical team, like the Bucks. That could yeah. be a really interesting series too. Hmm. So, um, something in in the news that came up this week was Jeff's guy LeBron James um, <laughs> was talked was talking about the all-star game about how he's going to be be there physically but mentally he's not going to be there at all he's just going to just go show up play the game leave and it's just kind of like I think the all-star game is some something that is fun for the fans but at the same time, it's just kind of like, do they really need it? And what do you think, Ben? If you look at the NFL, the NFL did the Pro Bowl um, virtually. And even with it being virtual, it was still at the end of the season, you know, like it always has been, where likely the only players that it would really affect if it was in person would be the players that would be playing in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday Mm. but they still chose to do it virtually which I think was probably really smart I feel like it would it could be really a big distraction 
And I think in some ways, COVID related, it could be very detrimental if let's say 30 NBA players from all different teams gather, play a game. If one of them has coronavirus and it doesn't come out and isn't um, found out until like after the game or whatever, that player is going to take coronavirus back to his team or other teams. And we could see multiple teams get shut down for like a week just due to contact tracing and all those kinds of things that's gone on with the NBA teams um, the last month or so. But I mean, why have it? Like, I don't, I know LeBron's a, a big voice in the room, but like, I don't see a lot of other NBA all-stars really, I don't know, thinking that it should be that high of a priority in a season like this. Yeah, I I agree. Like, and the all-star game just in general has kind of become kind of a joke, you know? Like, the players don't really take, take it all that, all that seriously. It's not that entertaining of a game, and it's just like, and, and like, LeBron doesn't ever want to be in the slam dunk contest and things like that and it's just kind of like none of them really want to do any of the stuff that makes the all-star game fun and so it's just kind of like if they don't want to do it then just let those guys have their break and name like the all-star team yeah back and call it good you know you don't have to like actually have a game but just kind of like name like oh yeah these are these are our all-stars at the end of the year like you were saying and name them and and give them an award or whatever, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and they could. I mean, this this probably isn't that big of a deal, but if they don't actually play a game, the starters versus the reserves wouldn't be a big deal either. So they could just have an all-star team and not have to worry about, you know, drafting LeBron's team versus you know, um, Giannis's team or Luca's team or whatever, just say, okay, these guys are all stars and then call it good and maybe have a virtual event where, I don't know, <laughs> they all do karaoke or something with Shaq yeah. and Chuck, but I just don't think it makes very much sense. Yeah, I don't either. Well, to... Uh... To end the show, we're going to do a little thing that me and Ben talked about last week was that if you're, um, so, so if, you, if any of our listeners out there are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you'll know what you're talking, you'll know what, what we're referencing, but um, we, there's a thing called church, church ball where members of the, of, our, of the ward will get together and play. And me and Ben want, wanted to put together our ideal church ball teams but with nba players we've been th thinking about it all week um so like so ben who would you have on your on your church, church ball team i think for point guard i think i'd have jason kidd um just a good player but i mean he's got some personality to him um which as we all know, is pretty key for church ball uh, elite players. I think you need to have a lockdown defensive guy 
it's really gritty. Um, I think I would take Raja Bell. Um, I mean, I would say Metal World Peace, but I think we all <laughs> know why we would pick him on our team. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I don't think I'd take him, but I would take like a Ben Wallace and Rashid Wallace pair. Yeah. Do you remember those guys back in the day? They both would just were like, you just couldn't get by them. They're just so big. You just couldn't get, you couldn't get They're big dudes. <laughs> and then I don't really have a lot of scoring on my team. So... No, maybe like a Reggie Miller or like a Ray Allen kind of score um, that, you know, between him and Jason Kidd, they could take care of the offense and everyone else could just be locked down, gritty defensive players. Let's see. I think as far as point guard, I would choose Steph Curry. So where he could just shoot from anywhere on the court. <laughs> yeah so i think that's that's a pretty key component of a church ball team i like where we're going with the de defense as far as a lockdown lockdown defender i would want to go with hmm, this is hard i think i'd want to go with Car carl malone big yeah could defend for it you big, you big and could could defend real, real could could defend real really well. Um, at let's see, I think I'd also want want I want Vince Cart I want I want, I want Vince Carter on my team that I have a little little rat a little razzle that that that. Ooh, that's a good choice. He's uh, he's always a, a way fun fun player to watch. And then, let's see who else. I think I would want, of course, my guy, my guy Don, my guy Donovan Mitchell, on the team, which has another okay. scorer. And not Gordon scorer. Hayward. Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> not, definitely not. <laughs> I think the last player on my team I would want though is and. This is you're probably, you're gonna laugh, but Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> Could you imagine having Steph, J Jimmer, and Don Donovan on <laughs> on the same team? Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of offense. A lot of offense. A lot of offense. Would you take the NBA version of Jimmer though? No, on um, on the co college <laughs> version of Jimmer. <laughs> I've been really disappointed with Jimmer's with, with, with his NBA career. Like I, I think he could be like the kind of guy that could come off the bench, and score a lot of points. But I just don't know if like if he's bit like if he like if he just ever if he's had like the respect of the NBA to like have like to get like the green light and to shoot. Like he'd have to go on a team where they would just like you know what Jimmer just go shoot. Yeah, I thought maybe he'd have that with the Suns, but. I think he's kind of on there for a, for a joke kind of. Kind of so. <laughs> yeah. 
it was it was really cool saying that Jimmer was a son, but yeah, um, yeah, I think they signed him like a, to a ten day contract, or it was like they only had two months left in the season, and so yeah. they just signed him for the rest of the season, sort of deal. But I know he played some, and he shot okay. I know a lot of Suns fans on Twitter were like, "Get this guy out of here." <laughs> Bye. I agree with you. I felt like he never really got a chance. I feel like with Jimmer, you have to give him like 10, 12 minute stints in the game to let him really affect the game and kind of get into a a groove and a rhythm like he did in college. And like, like you said, I don't, I just don't feel like he ever really got that. Yeah, I was always sad about that. I always hoped. I mean, like, I think while we were on our missions, he was on the Bulls for a little bit. I was really yeah. excited about that. I thought he could be a really good sixth man, kind of guy that just come off the bench, shoot, and just shoot the lights out. Kind of like an old J.J. Redick. Yeah. Like an off-the-bench J.J. Redick, like from yeah. before. I think he'd be really good in that role. Just give him, like, ten minutes just to go and just – just get in the ball in space and he could score and he'd just score at will. And I don't know. I just, I just thought it was sad that he never really kind of got a shot to really like show what he could do at the NBA level. Cause I think like a couple weeks ago, he scored like 70 points in China. He did. And so. I yeah. Interesting. But before we close the show, there's a little bit of breaking news that I just saw that just came across my Twitter feed. The Eagles are expecting to trade Wentz There's on the starting quarterback who they invested a lot in. Um, they're expecting to trade trade him in the next few days. One of the one of the one of the leading rumors is is that the Bears are the leading can are the leading candidate. And who else would the would the <laughs> Eagles get back but Nick Foles, the Super Bowl and MVP? <laughs> oh my gosh, what a joke! <laughs> I would laugh so hard if that was the case. If that's what they're getting back. <laughs> Carson Wentz is another quarterback, kind of like Jared Goff that. I mean, he had a good year, and maybe it was like a year and a half, two years that he was really good, but that's kind of been it. Other than that, he's yeah. been very hit and miss, and that would be fun. Yeah, that would, that would be hilarious he was with the Bears, but I think that uh, would, I mean, like, I think honestly, like, that could be a good place for him, though, too, when, when yeah. you think about it. I think there's still a fairly high ceiling for mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. Um, maybe it's just, you know, change of offensive style, you know, from one team to another. Or, yeah. I don't know, just maybe he didn't have the right weapons around him or something. But, hmm. well, well, we'll have to see if uh, next episode there's kind of more news on that. Yeah. And just the last thought on that too, that could that could affect where our guy Zach Zach Wilson goes. He could end up with the Eagles and that that could be interesting. It'd be an interesting fit. Don't know if I want him there, but that could be an interesting fit. That doesn't feel very right to me, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I think one of the big advantages 
of like the Jets situation is if they draft a quarterback, the quarterback is cheap for the next four or five years. Yeah. And it's like the Jets could really rebuild around the quarterback. Or if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they don't have the ability to spend a lot of money on other mm-hmm. tools around him. So they and that could point. be the same case with the Eagles and stuff like that too, but that'll be interesting. We'll see. Well, everyone, th- thanks for jo- joining us on this week's episode. We had a lot of fun. Enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow, and we'll we'll recap cap it this next week. Um, sorry, sorry, we're gonna say say I was bit. gonna ask, what is your go-to Super Bowl food? Um, I don't know. I love those those little uh, those little those little. Um, um, those little, little weenies. Little we- weenies, yeah. The little yeah. smoke, smoke. Put them in some sauce in the crock crock pot. Oh yeah. And those for for hours and hours. <laughs> what about I you, like you? I feel like you can't go wrong with nachos. Oh yeah. But I don't know if we've done this for a Super Bowl before, but we're we're doing brats tomorrow. Brats. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I really like a good brat. We were going to go over to some some friend's house, but Marshall isn't feeling very well, so uh, uh, we don't want to take take sickness over to them, so we'll just kind of do it here by ourselves. Well, hopefully Marshall gets, gets feeling be- better, and also shout, shout out to our other co-host, Jeff. He and his wife yeah. just had their second child last week. Shout out to them and Megan and they're doing they're doing sounds like they're doing well so yeah shout out to him and excited to have crew part of the future sons um fan base so thanks jeff for contributing in that way to (laughs) to the sons can't wait for him to be a sons and a cardinals fan and (laughs) you done good jeff we're really proud of you yeah, if if we have anything to do do with it, there's no LA teams in, involved. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Um, th- uh, thanks everyone again for joining the episode. Follow us at 302 Sports Talk or um, on 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 I'm on our uh, I'm on our Twitter Twitter page. Our 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 ha- handle is at 302 Talk underscore pod and as always make sure to give us a, a like and a follow and and radar and radar pop pop our our pop, pop podcast where uh, wherever you listen to into on the pop pop podcast that um, but thanks again ben we'll talk to you next week see you later everybody